We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I'm going to continue my conversation today with Derek Rodenizer, and we're going to jump right in and start talking about his audiovisual recording studio that he set up in his office and, you know, cool stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy it. We're also going to talk about how you can start doing something in your school. And if you take just a couple minutes and, and start doing something that you're already good at, I think you'll find some real success. I really appreciate you listening to the Transformative Principle Podcast. It's a labor of love for me, and I, I love doing it, and it makes me a better principal, and I learn new things all the time from doing it. And I'm glad that I get to share them with you. And I thank you for, for listening and downloading the podcast. It means a lot to me. And I hope that you're implementing the things that we that we talk about. And as I talk a little bit about with Derek in here, if you've got questions for me, please send them in to me at Jethro Jones on Twitter. Uh, or you can, you're always welcome to call me 8017-JETHRO. That's my phone number, so give me a shout, and I'll I'll be happy to chat with you or send a text or whatever. I mean, we live in a great age where we can do this kind of stuff. I'm really excited to learn from people and love talking to people, so please feel free to give me a shout. Also, as, as we get closer to the new year, I would like to invite you to consider being part of the mastermind that I do. The growth that I've seen and the people that are part of that is just incredible, and I would love to help you get better at whatever it is that you're trying to do uh, in your school. And the mastermind is a great way to do that. So if you're interested in that, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind and learn some amazing things. Here's the interview. 
Let's uh, talk a little bit about your audiovisual recording learning space and how you have that set up. I think that that's a really powerful tool to be able to employ as well. So can you talk a little bit more about uh, why you set that up? Yeah, so this one's a little bit new to me as well. I um, Well, the whole space is new, but I don't have a ton of, of, of content open to the public yet. I've been using it mostly with uh, within my, class, my staff. But um, I learn very well visually. I, that's that's how I do it. I learn much more from when I see something and when I can hear something than when it's written. So I'm not saying that the written part needs to go away, but making sure that people have both options, I believe, is, is really useful. But then also, not unlike teacher in a classroom, my day is really busy. And so if I can spend some time, carve out some time, and do the work on the front end, then on the back end, it's going to be a lot easier. So this summer, new to the job, nobody in the building, I set up this space, right? So I took my camera and I ended up um, gluing it to the wall. <laughs> and uh, and it's got a camera, he's got a camera and a microphone in it. I lined it up with the, uh, with the other side of my office so that it's framed perfectly for when I stand in front of it. And, you know, I organized it so the audio is good when I speak. And it's, and it's all, it's all set up. All the cords are tucked away and hidden and, and everything's ready to go. So it's because I spent that time to do that, the actual creation of content is really simple, right? I just, I just press go. That's all I do. I stand in front of the space with the X on the floor and I press go and, uh, and off it goes. So my, my excuses to not creating content go away. So that's been having that setup, having that infrastructure already in existence has been really sort of powerful for me to make sure I do it. Otherwise, I think if I had an idea on the fly and said, oh, I could send this idea in a video, well, what camera am I using and where's the camera going and how am I going to make this quality look reasonable and how about the audio? I don't have to have those thoughts, which also shows the modeling piece. Like if it's easy for me and I can rip it off real quick, then I can, I can, I've learned these lessons. I can explain to a teacher or a student, well, here's what you want to do. Like maybe, maybe look at what I've done and recreate that in a different place. Right. Yeah. And with your office being so open, then it's easy for people to walk in and, and say, can I try doing that thing that you do? And do you mind? Right. And if it's set up so nice and seamlessly, then when they try it, they have success, then they're willing to try it again. Yeah. You know, I was, I was just listening to a podcast where this guy was coaching somebody on, on how to carve time out and spend time working on the front end, working on his business instead of working in it. And I, I really thought that's something that I need to do at school is, is work on the processes at school rather than just doing them. And, you know, last week I sat down and worked with my secretary on the purchasing card statements that, that always take her a, a very long time to do and just took some time to like, sit down, see what the process is so that I could offer suggestions. Not because I have the best ideas in the world, but hey, here's something that you could do to save yourself a little bit of time to make your job easier and have things happen in a more seamless manner. So, you know, being able to to take that time and do that is is really quite powerful. What are some of the things that you have used that recording studio for uh, in your office? So weekly updates is something I use it a lot for. Um, just sending sending an email out on a, on a Sunday night with the videos, just to let people know what's happening during the week has been one, and um, that's sort of a sort of direct, easy information. But then sometimes, like you might think, ah, oh, just send an email. But like 
I did a week where we had the Terry Fox run, cross country run happening. And so it's the, the, the way this little studio is set up is it goes to my whiteboard. And so I was able to draw out the, the run, the route, and then walk everybody through it to then take a picture and send it. So the email had a picture of what's going on, an explanation of text, and then a quick video as I walked through it. Right. So, I mean, that run went great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No problem. Everybody saw it. It's good to go. No problem. So uh, that's sort of been one. We I didn't actually do it in my room. We had a bit mobile, but I've had the student council uh, do a introduction. So when they got elected in, they uh, they introduced themselves to the parents that way. So the parents knew who they were and and what sort of things they wanted to do. Um, that was one that we did as well. And uh, like I say, the next project that I'd really like to get is uh, these uh, little mini tutorials for parents. So I've sort of come to the realization. So I have a son who's six and three, and so he's he's just starting to go through school. And I my my wife is not a teacher, and watching her do some reading, she's lovely. She does great reading with my son, but watching it happen, I sort of realized, oh, you know, not everybody knows how to run a guided reading lesson. Like, why would you? And not saying reading to your child has to be guided reading every time, but just things things like that. There are little skills that would be fairly easy to pass on to to parents in little tutorials um, if they're interested in supporting their kids um, in that way. So I'm looking to do little mini tutorials on video where, for example, I'd, sh- I'd show some concepts behind guided reading or show some tips on how you can support homework, you know, without doing it for them or without causing too much frustration, things like that. So hopefully that's the next step and just trying to integrate as many stakeholders as possible into the school, that um, communicating with students and with parents and with community members. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. And starting with something like reading with your child, which is such a powerful thing to do, is a really great idea. And I think that's the right approach to take is how do you help your child and make homework or whatever's going on a, a better situation that is is so vital. One of the things that that I've experienced is my wife also is not an educator. And so, you know, there are things that make total sense to me. And when we go to parent teacher conferences, like we did this week, then they say things and I'm like, yes, I, I get this. I see where my child is performing. I see how, where they should be performing and it makes total sense. And I'm, I'm afraid that my wife doesn't understand that as much as I know she doesn't understand as much as I do because she shouldn't. But then the teachers, I believe, know that I'm the principal of the middle school. So they, you know, they speak to you like you're a principal. Exactly. When I really want them to speak to my wife, like she's the parent and, and they do a really good job of that most of the time. But there are some times where it's like, she just doesn't know what, what they know and what I know. And so that makes it makes it difficult. So I think that's a great place to start. What are some of the, some of the things that the tips you would have to help parents with reading, just to like spitball some ideas of how simple this could be for a principal to do. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like just, just giving the pictures some time. So that's something that doesn't happen a lot. Just with younger kids when you're reading is you, you read, you read the words and you go through. Right. But one of the tips I would give a parent is, especially if you're in the early stages of reading, okay, what does this look like? You know, well, what do you think is going to happen here? Who is in here? You name one of the characters. Oh, what does it look like they're going to do? Or do they look happy? Or do they look sad? Okay, then you read it. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next, right? The prediction is the big one. So what do you think is going to happen next? They say their ideas and turn the page. Oh, do you think that happened or something else happened? So um, 
giving those pictures some time and allowing the child to uh, predict and then realize. So this is what I thought. Hey, look, I was right. Or, oh, I didn't get that right. I wonder why. Oh, I didn't notice this. Or I didn't notice that. So giving the pictures time really engages kids, I think, into into what's going on and what's happening in the text. Yeah. And the reality is, is that if the kid's not reading yet, they're looking at the pictures. And if the kid is reading, then they're reading and then they're pausing to look at the pictures and and that's something. So, you know, that took you Yeah, it's like a fluidity piece, right? Like if you're if you're in that middle ground where you're kinda of reading, but when you're you had, you had to really focus on those words and you really have to focus on the decoding. That's the other one too I would suggest is like if you're really in that early bit and you're the kids decoding with you, for example, let them go through and decode it. And then read it again. Because when we're decoding we're not getting all the information and we're just trying to figure out what the sounds of the letters make. Right. And then when you, so you're saying the sounds and maybe even saying the word, but you're not necessarily pulling in that full concept of that full sentence. So decode the sentence, then read it. Yeah. And, and that's a a video that you could make in two or three minutes and get out there and share with parents and have a really great resource. And what's really powerful about that then is that then you share it and Whenever that question comes up again, then you share it again. And eventually you make a YouTube playlist of all the videos about how to be a a supportive parent at home and just giving people little ideas like that, that, you know, people don't really think of is, is fantastic. So that's great. Hopefully that, that also gets to like my podcast is getting to right now is, so I'm having these conversations and I'm really trying to ask people, okay, what do you need? Like, what do you need? out there in the world of teachers that are listening, you know, what would support you better? I'm starting to get responses and emails of, oh, I really, why don't you talk to a superintendent? Like, I'd love to hear what a superintendent thinks about X, Y, Z. So now I'm, I'm trying to do that, trying to find a superintendent to talk to. I imagine in this video thing, I get the same sort of thing. So like I say, the obvious ones for me anyway, I could talk about reading and I could talk about homework. Those are two big sticking points. But I'm hoping that just like I'm empowering people to come into my office, I empower the parents to step up and sort of say, oh, look, this guy wants to answer questions. He's done this. He's done that. I'm also having a hard time with, you know, when my child is oppositional and won't listen to what I'm saying. Great. Ask me that. And I can help you with whatever I know. I mean, I can't answer all the questions, but I can help you with whatever I know. And uh, hopefully that would steer my, these videos down the trail that's best supportive for the parents that I have. Yeah. So I think you unlocked a key to getting parent engagement. And I don't think that was your plan, but I, I believe that's what you just did is you provide answers to questions that they may or may not have. And then that encourages them to ask more questions. Derek, that is a brilliant piece of insight right there. I'm so <laughs> glad that we, that we stumbled upon that through our, through our chatting today. I, I just think that that once like people could come and ask you, but if they don't have a way to see what you already think and see what you're already doing, then it's not going to be very easy for them to, you know, step out and say, what do you think about this when they don't know if you have any thoughts on that to begin with? Does that make sense? I mean, my mind's just blown. Yeah. Like I, I can imagine right? Like if you're walking into a school, you might I mean, shy is not the right word, but you might think, Oh, that guy's busy. He's probably not the answer to my questions. But if you can see that I'm spent, I am spending some time doing that, then that hopefully would empower someone to, to ask the things that would be useful for them. So where do I start with this? I'm a, I'm a principal out there. I'm, I'm not doing a podcast. I'm not doing audio video recordings. Where do I start Derek? 
So my my latest quote that I'm sticking that I'm liking a lot is uh, sometimes you have to jump and build your wings on the way down, and uh, that's kind of that's a good one. That's good, hey. <laughs> so um, that's kind of my feeling with this, with most things, right? It starts small. So I would say, like the reason I started the podcast, like you and I talked about, was because blogging wasn't working for me, and I like to talk. Okay, I love to talk. You said the same thing. I have no problem with this. Um, it doesn't make me nervous. I don't pre-write what I'm going to say. I just talk. And, and that's who I am. So if that's not you, if you get super nervous in front of the microphone and feel stuttery, then maybe that's not the answer for you first, right? I mean, definitely push yourself later, but like maybe that's not where you start. You don't start with a podcast. Maybe you do much better with one-on-one conversations. And so instead, you could start with this Lego wall or with your stress ball or with this idea of stacking the glass. I like that, right? Start there. Do one of those things to, to show that your space is a learning space. And then, and then you can build, right? I didn't install the camera and the Lego and the Lego wall and the stress balls and the whiteboard on the same day. You know, I chose something that I knew I was comfortable with and installed that first. Camera went in first because I knew that's my thing. I like that. And then from there, I kind of built some more. So that would be that'd be my suggestions. If you're a principal out there and you say, okay, I want to create this space to be a learning space, what am I good at? And start there. Do that first, and then when you get success extend yourself. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great approach to doing that. If you don't know what you're good at, Derek, how do you figure that out? I mean, you'll have a if you're a principal, you'll have a you'll have a network. I'm assuming <laughs> so some kind of network. I certainly use, I use Twitter pretty heavily, but I also have real life humans in my community that I talk to a lot and just ask them. Right? If you're not sure, so you're you're brand new, you've you've been teaching for a while and you've done your qualification program and you're a brand new VP, you know, talk to your colleagues you've been teaching with a while. What do you think? Like, what what sorts of qualities do I bring to this principalship that would be well received? And they're going to tell you something. They're going to say, "Oh, you you connect really well with individual students. You do a great job at connecting with individual students. You have a warm heart." Okay, so then in your office, you're going to put two beanbag chairs in the corner, and that's going to be your chatting space and where you can talk to individuals one on one. You know, and then you've created an environment that's warm and comforting and. And there you go. Step one, done, right? So ask the people, if you don't know, ask the people around you. They'll point you in some direction. Yeah, that's a great idea. Derek, I've, I've really enjoyed our time today and I've learned a lot from you and I know that the listeners have as well. The last question I ask everybody is, what is one thing that principals can do this week to be a transformative principal like you are? Well, first of all, thanks for calling me a transformative principal. That's awfully nice of you. That's why you're on the podcast, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. So my answer to that question, I've, I've read the question before, and my answer might seem goofy to some, but I, it's the one I like. You go into the hallway and give a bunch of kids high fives. That would be my suggestion uh, because it's easy. Anyone can do it, and it sends a massive message. It'll surprise the students. Um, they probably had never had a principal give them a high five before, and it, it shows that you're excited. So you're excited and you're interested and you're willing to go to them and enter their world and their bubble and give them a high five. And it's just all positive. And you don't, and beauty about a high five is you don't need to explain it. You don't have a reason, but it's the universal language and everyone knows that it's good. So yeah, I would say if you've been in your office for a couple hours and you haven't been out, go down the hall, give three kids a high five. You'll feel the difference. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful 
powerful thing to do. Derek, how can uh, people get a hold of you, learn more from you, subscribe to your podcast, all that? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Twitter. It's my uh, my full name, so at Derek Rodenizer. And then my podcast is everywhere. It's on SoundCloud, it's on iTunes, it's on Google Play, and it's called um, Edu Thoughts. So you can go there. And my webpage is DerekRodenizer.ca. So yeah, I'm, I'm really keen. Actually, this if anybody is interested in engaging, I really am interested in, uh, in getting... Um, getting this conversation going and, and answering questions. So, I mean, I can talk all day about what I think is interesting or what I've learned and that's, that's fun and it has a certain amount of value, but I think what has a lot more value is if I can support or engage in with, with other people's questions. Cause if somebody has one, then probably 10 or 20 or 30 other people have that same question. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Well, thank you again so much for being part of the show today, Derek. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, that was a great interview with uh, Derek Rodenizer, and I hope you enjoyed it. Such good information, and I'm actually going to be on his podcast, Edgy Thoughts. May have already published, so uh, go to his website, DerekRodenizer.ca, and check that out so you can uh, hear that interview as well. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and have a great day. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network podcast for educators by educators visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts do you want to simplify your school's technology save teachers time improve students performance on state assessments you can do it all but don't waste another minute head straight to ixl.com be to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.